You're listening to Moody Radio 89.3, and this is Mornings with Eric and Bridget. Author, speaker, and founder of Fathers in the Field, John Smith-Baker has written the book Man Enough to Forgive, Healing the Wounds of Fatherhood Abandonment, and his goal is to challenge men to break the cycle of fatherlessness and to pursue biblical forgiveness. We want to talk to him all about this important issue. John, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Good morning. Thanks for having me. You know, I think I, I just read a story that illustrates, I think, this issue for us. And it's a 50-year-old man who is swimming with teenage girls, changing in their locker room. I mean, this is crazy. This is pointing out the lack of men stepping up and being fathers. Whether they're in the household or out of the household, they're not stepping up and leading, I guess. And that really does point to this issue, this societal issue you're talking about, doesn't it? Well, sadly, we live in a fatherless nation. Over 50% of our children are growing up in homes without their fathers. And uh, it is really the number one societal issue we're facing. It's tearing at the fabric of our nation, our homes, our communities. And the lack of fatherhood uh, is represented in scenarios like that. Um, The roles that God gave fathers and men to be the pastor, provider, and protectors is under assault, and we need to stand up. I like to say um, and be a truth teller that men are the problem, but also men are the solution. So men, we need you, and uh, let's live up to the God's ordained roles for us. How did this issue impact your life personally, John? Yeah, sadly, my dad abandoned uh, me, my sister, my mom when uh, I was in my mom's womb. And uh, that hole that I tried to fill with my father's absence uh, really uh, just drove me uh, to do, um, you know, sin as well as being overachiever and putting myself first. And uh, I was on the road to divorce myself, no doubt, because I put myself first. But God reached down and saved me at age 40. And what he exposed to me uh, when I was confessing all my sins is that my unforgiveness of my father for leaving and abandoning his post was the deepest of my sin. And uh, that fatherless children view this, this event as the unforgivable sin. And God exposed me that, no, there, there's only one unforgivable sin, and that's unbelief. So we are called to forgive. And it's important that I also share that Forgiveness is different than reconciliation, and we are called as believers to forgive. Unforgiveness is a sin, and we're commanded to forgive. So you use a compass as a key illustration in this book. What's the significance of this, and how do you use it? Yeah, it's it's in the uh, we use it in our uh, father wound curriculum through Fathers in the Field, and N is never fatherless. East is eternal. Uh, Son and uh, West is wisdom of the Father, and S is saved by the Son. So it, it's really just a reminder of our Heavenly Father and that uh, we all need to be adopted into God's family. We're all separated from God, and, and our repentance and belief and faith in, in Christ Jesus uh, allows us to be adopted into his family. So praise God for that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm so struck, too, though, by your by your story, because I think for most people, you go through something. I mean, you've talked about this issue as, as, as a huge issue. So who could blame you, right, if you were struggling with unforgiveness? And maybe someone listening saying, well, why should I be the one to forgive? That 
that can be a hard thing to to hear if someone is struggling with unforgiveness, that they have a responsibility of this because it's easy to point the finger. Sure. Well, what I like to say is we tell all our fatherless boys that we're mentoring and sharing the Heavenly Father that will not leave or forsake that society tells them that, that you don't need a dad, big boys don't cry, and you'll get over it. And they stuff this, this sin, this festering anger and wound deep down inside them. And as a ministry, we get to tell them just the opposite. What your dad did was wrong, will matter greatly in your life, but through the power of Christ, you can be the man God intended you to be. See, these children, these fathers, children should be mad, should be angry in a righteous way. So we should tell them that they should be hurting. They should be angry righteously. But that also, because if you're angry righteously, you're not sinning. But what happens is a bitter root develops, and they need to forgive. It's controlling their entire life, their behavior and actions. You look at the statistics. They don't lie. These are old government statistics even. But if if you look at it through drug addiction, workaholicism, pornography, divorce, mental illness, suicide, 7,000 fatherless children annually, or excuse me, daily, daily, attempt suicide. It's a big issue. And if you look at the inner city, 75% fatherless rate there, suburbia is 40. As a nation, we're over 50. The delta is about 20 points. If we want to know what our nation will look like, we, we already have the picture of the inner city. And it's just a sad state of affairs. So the church needs to wake up to this issue. So then what what is, I mean, you've talked solutions, but when it comes to that student you're talking about, yeah, what does forgiveness look like? If the father is not there, the father might be dead. The father might not have ever even been known, just like you've been talking about. What does forgiveness yeah. look like when there's uh, you're forgiving heir almost? Well, yeah. Well, that that's that's the central point that you hit hit it straight on is that I believe personally that this is such a damaging soul wound that it takes the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So this forgiveness is really the work of the Holy Spirit, because if you're saved, once you're saved, that you realize all that Christ has done for you, that how can you not forgive your father? And, and again, so this is where we cross over from unbelievers to believers. Believers are commanded to forgive. And forgiveness, people ask, well, you know, especially when we deal with men, they say, well, I've moved on. He did the best he could. He didn't have a father. He makes all kinds of excuses, but he's not addressing the issue. Have you forgiven him or not? And that really goes with any sin, right? There's no exception. There's only one unforgivable sin, and that's unbelief. So the whole issue is being obedient to God, your heavenly father's command to forgive. And we like to say there's two, two ways you know you've forgiven somebody. Two ways. Are you willing to put it in writing and share it with them? And if they're not around or you don't know who they are, share it with your pastor. Again, we are not talking about reconciliation. That's different. We're talking about forgiveness. And the other thing is, are you praying for their soul? Are you praying for them? Those are how the Bible, God's truth, tells us how we know we've forgiven somebody. Okay, and you also talk, though, about the role that the church can play in, in, this, in this issue. So yep. once we're helping 
young men, perhaps, or even men who have already grown up to forgive, but also looking down to the men who are young men who are struggling with the fact that they don't have a father in their home. What is the role of the church? What, what does that look like? How are you encouraging local bodies to address this issue? Yeah, God, God in his word made it very clear. The anger he's been in his people is for giving lip service to the issue. That God, when you read, you read how God got so angry at Israel for giving lip service to the fathers and widows. And the widows of our time, these desperate single moms, are the largest unchurched people group in America. Let me say that again. These single moms, the widows of our time, are the largest unchurched people group in America. The church has to go to them. We are now the mission field. So the church, all these fathers, children, and these widows of our time are in the reach of all of the churches. So if we come alongside and mentor these young boys, godly men do something, not just talk about it, not walk by them, not just stick a check in the mail and walk over all the carnage on the way to those other third world countries. Not that we shouldn't go there, but we are now the mission field. And the other thing we have to realize is that we live in a fatherless nation and that you cannot fulfill the biblical fatherhood roles of pastor, provider, and protector unless you're in the home. And with the over 50% divorce rates, men bailing out of the home at alarming rates, the church has to speak up for these fatherless children. The church is being overwhelmed with the symptoms within the church. Pastors are crying out to us all the time. And they have to start being the advocate for these children. But they're afraid in a lot of instances because more than half their congregants are divorced. So they, they have to get over that and say, listen, we're not talking about do you love your children. We're talking about their deep fatherhood roles and wounds in them because you're not there. And they need that. God is not a liar. His plan for family is perfect. He hates divorce, and he hates, obviously, fatherless and unwed births and all that. It, and. All, this, all these damaging statistics doesn't include bad fathers that are in the home. Mm. So we, it is a mess. Mm. And we, be, as a church, better stand up, start speaking up. Instead of telling these children, it's okay, you know, we know you're hurting. This is how you heal. And that's what the church needs to start doing. Yeah, you just word, used the word I was thinking of. This, the problem is this is messy. It's it's almost way yes. too messy that the church doesn't want to touch it because then we feel dirty or like we don't have answers and and we we do struggle with this because we just it's one of those things where the problem seems so big I think that we don't even know how to start tackling it I mean where do we yes. begin is almost the the first and I guess we can begin with one person but that's it's it's just a hard messy look at things isn't it Yes the 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 church is supposed to be a representative of God's family. The family is supposed to be representative of God's family. And so it all ties in together. So the first thing, in my humble opinion, is that church believers have to start sticking up for the roles of men to be the pastor, provider, and protector. These roles are vital. And let me understand, let me share some. Masculinity is a gift to the world. It's the gift to women, it's a gift to children, it's a gift to communities, and certainly it's a gift to our nation. We, we have to stop downplaying the roles of men. Men or women are loved equally in God's kingdom, 
but they, he assigned them different roles. And so the world, the culture is trying to homogenize men and women. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. Mm. And we have to stand up for men. And even the church is partaking in some of this homogenization, which is wrong. Women pastors, whatever. And so if you look at what's going on, the church really has to look inward and say, we have to be an advocate for these children. We have to stand up for the roles of men, hold them accountable. And as I said, I'm not giving men a pass. Men are the problem, but also men are the solution. We cannot solve this issue by human thinking. We have to solve this through God's plan of discipling the next generation in the roles of fatherhood. And that's what Fathers in the Field is all about. And we get to raise godly men. And we believe that the greatest underutilized assets in churches are these godly men sitting one. How do they serve? Doing the parking lot ministry is needed, but it doesn't fire men up. The church has been over-feminized. Men have to get back into the church and start using their God-given gifts to start mentoring and discipling the next generation of pastor providers and protectors. What's been some of the response maybe you're hearing from your book, Man Enough to Forgive? It's obviously a huge message, maybe even um, you know controversial for some. So what's been the response? Oh, it's just been awesome. See, what, what's happened is that we are confronting men in a men's language, so they have to deal with this issue instead of forcing it and pretending it's not there. Because what, the very first step is realizing unforgiveness is a sin. You have to realize that as a believer, unforgiveness is a sin. And we say, well, you don't understand. You know, this, my abuser, my dad, whatever, my enemy. But I don't understand everything. But the person of Christ understood everything, and he's the one that made the command in the Bible. We have to stop pretending that unforgiveness is not a sin. That's where it all starts. The church is being overwhelmed with the symptoms of fatherlessness, and and we have to we have to deal with it. If you look at if you look at our society, you can see it all around us. You see it. You know, we talk about somebody dying of a drug overuse, but what we're not talking about is why they why they are trying to mask the pain in their life, right? Hmm. It's because they're most of them are fatherless, and it's a soul damaging wound. That's what we have to understand. It's not all the practical issues. Well, they're not going to you know, they're going to be in poverty. Yeah, that's true. But it's a soul-damaging wound that we have to be concerned with and try to heal and go after. Well, the resource is Man Enough to Forgive, and it actually there is a a study guide that continues on with that to help this further. And uh, you can find out more about both of those, the book and the study guide, when you head to our website, ericandbridget.org. Also a link to the ministry, Fathers in the Field. So, John, thank you so much for for joining us today, obviously for passionately speaking on this topic. I know it will encourage and, and hopefully inspire some to really look at this issue in their own lives and in our community. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on. God bless you. Thanks for your ministry.